Welcome to the TrueDemocracy.Global podcast. Today we have an exciting panel of seven men from various men's circles in the San Francisco Bay Area and beyond. We'll find out how many of these circles actually expand nationally and even internationally. We will learn about these circles, their leadership structure, and how decisions are made within these organizations. The TrueDemocracy.Global podcast, where we are looking into different aspects and systems of democracy, systems of authority and community, as well as the technologies that support them. Our hope is that through understanding, applying shared knowledge and evolving technology that we can find ways to build trust, encourage constructive collaboration, which may bring about greater freedom for humanity and a true democracy where the power stems truly from the people and everyone has a voice in collaboration with their fellow humans, men and women of any background. We live in an unprecedented time in history with technologies that have never before existed that may help bring about this vision. Today, we'll learn a little more about these men's circles. Welcome, men. Hello. Hey, greetings. Good to see you, Jay. Yeah, there you are. Good to see you and the rest of the team here. Really terrific. Yes, we have seven men here. David Garrison, who's going to be representing Mankind Project. We'll learn about that. Cole Cameron, who's representing Tribe of Men. John Mansberger, who's representing Momentum. Steve Kurtog, I'm saying that right, Steve? Is that right, Steve Kurtog? Correct. Boyce is representing Boys to Men. Ashanti Branch, who is representing MDI, we'll learn about that, and Ever Forward Club. And Brian Weiss, who is representing East Bay Circle of Men. Once again, welcome everybody. I'm going to start with you, David. David was initiated into Mankind Project in 2004. He's been a regular member and co-leader of four different integration groups. He served on the Central Texas Leadership Team as Vice Chair and Social Coordinator. He staffed numerous New Warrior Training Adventures and Boys to Men Weekends. The last two years, he's helped develop two Mankind Project USA online trainings. He's been a member of East Bay Circle of Men for the last six years while remote in Austin, Texas. He's been the campout, vision keeper, mentored several men, led several processes at fall events and helped on various other projects. David, what is unique about the Mankind Project? What can you tell us about it? Well, uh, the Mankind Project is a worldwide organization and they have a presence in 23 different countries. So it grew out of uh, like the mythopoetic movement in the late 80s and early 90s and uh, kind of built around the uh, what they call the masculine archetype model of lover, warrior, magician, king. And um, what they did is they built a training called New Warrior Training Adventure and it's an opportunity for men to, to uh, kind of experience uh, what they call the hero's journey, which is a very common sort of experience throughout all cultures for men to, traditionally it's been the male that's done this and it's open to females as well, but, but in this context for men around um, leaving the home, going out into the world and facing uh, challenges and struggles and going through that transition and then coming back and returning back to the 
home space transform from a boy to a man. So that's kind of the hero's journey framework uh, with the four archetypes kind of as a, as a base for that. And, um, you know, I don't know how unique that framework is. I haven't seen it in other men's communities really emphasize, um, but I found it to be a really powerful framework. Um, currently MKP, uh, I think over a hundred thousand men have gone on this weekend, uh, at least. And currently there's over a, th like when you go back to your community, they have a lot of tools for men to create support groups. Um, and so right now there's over a thousand support groups that meet every week or two around the planet and over 10,000 men that are actively involved in this. Um, that's, that's like an overview of, of the, of what, you know, what this is about and the current, uh, participation. Nice. So this, this journey, this hero's journey, they lead them through in a weekend. That's right. It's like a three day experience. Yeah. Okay. Your, your audio is breaking up a little bit. So um, just to be aware of that. The men here have had experience on multiple circles. So we have a lot of cross-reference here. Does anybody want to add to that? Uh, this is uh, Cole. I would add that uh, one community sponsor supports creating a new one. So I had the opportunity of doing that in Cape Town and New Zealand. And uh, just uh, amazing experiences with us taking it to different cultures. Complete. Right. And um, how many countries was it again? You said 26 countries? I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. Great international organization and it's reaching out across the globe. Cole, uh, you're, you go, go ahead. This is Steve. I could speak briefly to the uh -huh. I groups, which are weekly men's groups. And um, I've been in one for about 10 years. Um, we have been in uh, Zoom meetings most of uh, COVID. From my, in my group, we, we are now meeting outdoors together face-to-face -face around a campfire. This is Man uh, Mankind Project? This is Mankind Project, correct. And, and you call these I-groups? Yeah, integration groups. Integration groups. Yeah. The, for those of you that know East Bay Circle of Men, and this, is it similar to the teams, men's teams? One of the criteria for uh, being in these men groups, men's groups is that at some point you take the uh, weekend training yep, so this. that there's a common um, uh, uh, structure, uh, phrases, and understanding of uh, how we're doing our own personal work to become the best men that we can be. And that's the weekend that David was talking about. Exactly. Okay. Let's move on to another circle, limited time. Cole is next on our list. Cole, we've heard from just briefly. Cole has been initiated by each of the circles in tonight's call and more. Getting sober in 1989. Sorry, Cole, I don't have time to get into all your accomplishments and credentials, which are many. You mentioned a two-year training with the, the AMA, IAMA? IAMA, yeah, Earth and Cheyenne. Okay. A very uh, deep medicine circle of, of training and, and learning. Yes. Very nice. Okay. 
my art teaching, Sterling's Men Weekend in 1993, Mankind Project in 1990 through 2001, East Bay and South Bay Nation of Men since 1995, Men's Division or MDI, which we'll hear about from somebody, I'm sure. He brought Young Men's Adventure Weekend South to South, which became Young Men's Ultimate Weekend, ran many circles of men's weekend gatherings, started he started life on a farm, became an Eagle Scout Army officer, two master's degree, et cetera, et cetera. Lots of accomplishments, Cole. It's, it's truly impressive set of credentials. It's good to have you. You're representing tonight the tribe of men. What is unique about tribe of men? What can you tell us about that? Well, we're uh, a very collaborative circle. Um, we aren't interested so much in the answer, but how we get there, the journey. Mm -hmm. And it's... Uh, it uses a, a tool called the uh, collaborative operating system that's um, very open and making sure, you know, that that minor voice of just a phrase might be the key of the whole conversation. And so we're listening in to that kind of thing as we go through a process and uh, working out uh, questions. So it's, it's, as I said, more about the question than the answer. These uh, internal questions? Internal or how we're going to operate uh, is just a whole way of, of being in the way the circle operates. Mm -hmm. Is this one circle or many circles? Uh, there's a number of um, challenge groups is what we call them, a team in the Marin area, a couple in the East Bay uh, we have one member that moved to Washington, D.C., and so we have a couple of teams back there. So primarily in the Bay Area, except for the correct Washington contingent. Okay. Moving on, uh, John Mansberger. John joined the Nation of Men in 1991, did the Sterling's Men's Weekend in 1991, joined Sterling's Men Division, staying through 1994, and move full-time to the Nation of Men, which has become Momentum. That's the organization name now, Momentum. John did the New Boyer training in 1996, led Listen to the Land event for Nation of Men at, and EBNOM joint event in 2000. He's appointed the Chief of Momentum as a Chief of Momentum in 19 excuse me, 2019 is part of a three-person council. Tell us about Momentum, what's unique about it. Hi, um, thanks, Jay. So Momentum was formed in 1991, kind of as an offshoot after a semi-explosion in the Sterling Men's Division, um, where men had to choose between the division or their team. And the men wanted their teams more than they wanted to belong to the division. So it, it's been formed more around being able to support teens. Um, there used to be a, a statement that we we're organized just loosely enough to exist. Um, but we want to make sure that, you know, that gift of having a men's team, of a place to be authentic, to go and pursue your, your desire to become the best man you can be, um, is there for, for all men. Um, we're about 150 uh, men uh, focused in the South Bay. We have members all over the world. Um, adding in Zoom and, and COVID, we've been able to, you know, that, that knowledge of, hey, wow, you can do things via Zoom really brought back a lot of, of, of players that had moved out of the area back into the circle. 
we've transitioned um, from having more of an authoritarian single person driving the bus, should you say, to a council. And I'm sure we'll get into some of those questions later. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a uh, a very supportive organization in which we're, you know, we don't have a single weekend that somebody has to go do to be mm-hmm. able to join. Um, there are men, there's even been chiefs that have done no men's weekend or you know, our Mankind Project, uh, uh, New Warrior Training Adventure or Sterling or anything like that in their past. Um, uh, and then men that have done all of them. Um, so it's it's really about accepting the man where he's at, um, assisting him on his journey, and then really trying to give him the gift of, of a team and then supporting the men on that team. Great. Uh, will you describe a team? So a men's team is, let's say, a group of somewhere between five and 10 or 12 um, people on a team. Um, they're not necessarily friends. Uh, they may become friends over time, but it's a group of men that have a similar desire, similar agenda, right? They may be camaraderie focused or uh, where they really just want to hang out, or they may be growth focused where they really want to get somewhere in their life. Um, they may be on different paths of growth, but they're able to support each other in being that man that they're trying to become, making those changes in their life, pursuing those goals, whatever those goals may be. Okay. So they, they find the team is based on the common grounds. Yes. Okay. Nice. Thank you, John. Next, we have Steve Kurtog. Steve's been in men's groups for the last 30 years, for 20 years through the Unitarian Church in San Jose, which also included yearly retreats with other Unitarian groups throughout Northern California. For the last 10 years, he's been part of a weekly men's groups through the Mankind Project. He's also led Boys to Men. He's also led Boys to Men mentoring weekly circles with adolescent boys for the last 10 years. He's the co-founder president of the board of program directors of Boys to Men in Northern California. Steve, you're telling us about Boys to Men. What's unique about that? Tell us about that organization. Yeah, um, thanks for the opportunity. So Boys to Men was founded about 20 years ago in San Diego. Initially, it was a weekend uh, coming-of-age ritual for uh, adolescent boys, and it was uh, decided that um, it was a great weekend, but there was no follow-through throughout the year. So since then, uh, we, uh, we meet in uh, public school middle schools with 6th, uh, 7th, or 8th graders, usually about 8 to t- 10, 12 boys, and three or four men like us. Um, The boys are um, asked if they want to join by the counseling department in each of these schools. These are boys who have uh, been to the principal's office numerous times to the point where now they're in the counselor's office and they're generally the disruptive boys in the school. One of the things that they have in common is that they generally either don't have a father that they live with, or they have a father who doesn't know how to be a father. And what we do is uh, just sit and, um, and get them comfortable with talking. And once they feel, middle school boys don't usually talk much uh, in, in groups, once they feel safe, 
then they start to tell their secrets. And there's, there are two main aspects of this. One is um, men who wish they had had something like this when they were that age, um, helping boys to, uh, to become men. We give no advice. We just listen, uh, love them, and ask questions. One of the benefits for those of us who are mentors is that this is a mission. Um, one of the aspects that's wonderful about men's groups is that we do a lot of uh, internal work, um, becoming the best man we can become, uh, becoming as self-realized as we can, as we can become, but at some point, it just is, you're at a point where you want to give back. And this gives us an opportunity to give back to youth that most of us wish we had had more of when we were at that adolescent age. Not only is it great to be with the boys, but the mentor groups meet before and afterwards, and it becomes a men's group for ourselves. Yeah. In a men's group, usually you're talking about what happened the week before or two weeks before. In boys to men, we're talking about what happened just uh, 20 minutes ago. Mm -hmm. So it's very real. Uh, a lot of emotions come up. Uh, a lot of our own unprocessed um, issues from when we were kids become stimulated <laughs> in these circles. So we end up having a lot to talk about in our own internal process, as well as honing our skills in helping these struggling boys to um, become young men. Nice. Hey, what's, what's the spread? You said it started in San Diego? How far? It started in San Diego, and now we're in about 20 centers around uh, the country. And each center is fairly independent while still following the basic tenets and guidelines of boys to men. As Bernsey, I'd like to add one thing that was really very powerful for, for me that I'd really like to emphasize. As Steve said, it was the follow through or follow up. This is hard. To, it's really hard to picture and imagine a weekly meeting with these young men, these boys. Um, and it, the consistency is, is just golden. You know, every week you get the same boys, the same men. And like Steve said, the, the, the mentors are forming their own men's team but now you've got, you've got a, a boys team also that you're facilitating. It's just wanted to emphasize that. It, it sounds very unique. Is this a, a continuous mentoring or? Yeah. So we, we, uh, these boys have been abandoned so yeah. many times. So we start at the beginning of the school year and the criteria is that you stay until May when school is over. Okay. Once a week. And some in some groups they'll follow them out of middle school into high school if there's enough of a group around. Uh, Boys to Men is also international in Europe, South Africa, and a few other places. And it's just uh, as as Bernsey and Steve have said, it's it's just being able to 
give that follow through after an initial weekend event. And one of the things I've mentioned to the boys is, hey, we're here for an hour, two hours each week. Don't forget your camaraderie buddies around you are here all the time. So make sure you're, you're being with them in your school and outside of school. So you have constant connection with others that trust each other completely. Our, our administrators tell us that these boys can be so disruptive, not just in the classroom that they get kicked out of all the time, but in the school in general. So it can have a dramatic impact on, um, you know, the 500 kids mm -hmm. in a uh, middle school um, environment. Expands, expands its reach out to people around the environment. Okay. Thank you, Steve. Let's move on to Shanti Branch. Ashanti, born and raised by a single mother on welfare in Oakland, California, took the road less traveled to get out of the ghetto and attended one of California's premier engineering colleges, California Polytech San Luis Obispo. I didn't get into that school. Ashanti Ashanti studied civil engineering and worked for a construction project manager in his first career after tutoring struggling students and realizing his true passion was in teaching. Ashanti changed careers. He had suddenly found the fire he was missing in his life and he hoped to ignite in a similar enthusiasm in his young students. With over 19 years mentoring, Ashanti was awarded Fulbright Exchange Fellowship to India, Rotary Club Cultural Ambassadorial Fellowship to Mexico, and 2010 Teacher of the Year Award from Alameda County, Contra Costa County Math Educators. In 2004, as a first-year teacher, Ashanti started the Ever Forward Club, to provide a support group for African-American and Latino males who are not achieving to the level of their potential. Ashanti, tell us about Ever Forward Club. Yeah, thank you for having me and good to see you men here on the call. Um, so as a first year teacher, I was doing a horrible job. I had smart kids who were failing math and I was like, this is not, this is not okay. Now, the reason I put Ever Forward before MDI, I'm a member of MDI now, but I didn't even know what men's teams were. I didn't even know they existed. No one had ever invited me to one. Um, and so I'm a first year teacher doing a horrible job, got smart young men failing. And my job was saying, well, I'm here to be a math teacher, but I'm doing a bad job at it. So what am I going to do? And I think what happened was sparked the thing was I started asking students in my math class, like, what am I missing? And a lot of the young men, when I was asking them, what, what challenges you've been through? What are you facing? I thought they were going to tell me really what I could do to be a better math teacher for them. And what they began to talk about was life, mm -hmm. like school being boring, like dealing with drug issues, dealing with gang situations, dealing with violence and realizing that you know, it was hard for them to focus on school and being a good student if they couldn't even feel that they were, could be themselves. And I, I didn't know what it meant to start a circle like that, but I said, I couldn't keep watching all these young men fail my class. So I invited them to lunch. I, I bribed them. I said, look, I'll buy you lunch once a week in exchange for lunch. Teach me to be a better teacher. Like, what am I doing wrong? And that's how the Ever Forward Club started. I wasn't trying to start a nonprofit. I didn't even know you could. I didn't know you could be more nonprofit than teaching. I thought that was the, the, the lowest profit job ever. But um, as a teacher, I 
started doing this work and realized that I was building something bigger. And so Ever Forward is a, we provide a space for young men to talk about what we feel. Now, I started Ever Forward in 2004. It wasn't until 2010 that somebody invited me to my first MDI circle. And I've been just doing the work. I'm just doing the work. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm showing up every week. They're showing up. We're having meals together. We're talking, we're connecting, we're building community. We're going on field trips. And then in 2010, I go to my first meeting at Oakland Roberts Park. And I'm like, what the heck is this? <laughs> you know? And I had to realize in the moment what I had been trying to build without any, with just intuitive intuition. Not, mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew it felt right. I wish I had it when I was their age. And when I walked into them trees and the fire in the middle of 50 men, my mind was blown. And I was like, I, I just, I was, I was like, where have you all been in my life? And I think that what I know from most men who I know, they don't have a place to go and take off their emotional masks. They, they, have, to, they have to be in charge. They have to pay the bills. They have to be responsible. They have to be uh, fathers, brothers, cousins, uncles, sons. And where do you get to go and not have to figure it all out? Where do you go and not have to have all the answers? Where do you get to go and realize that you have the right to feel everything you feel in a space that's safe? I wish the world just allowed it, but we don't. So we have these circles, you know, people ask me, why do you have to be on a men's team? I'm like, well, I wish I could just cry walking down the street <laughs> without people thinking something's wrong with me or that I'm weak or soft or they don't take advantage of me. I wish I could tell people that I didn't have it all figured out and they didn't think less of me. But since until the world is ready for that, then I'll continue going to my men's team and having a space to not have to have it all, all the answers, not have to have any of the answers. And so that's how the Ever Forward Club started. I, I'm still sometimes figuring out what I'm doing 18 years later. Mm-hmm. But it's a, I guess you can call it an 18-year-old with his own mind right now. So as an organization, I'm doing my best to steer it and guide it and, and let it run the course of supporting young men today that are different than they were 18 years ago. There were yeah. no cell phones 18 years ago. So yeah. my work now is helping young people grow and be their full selves. And nice. How, how, how big is Ever Forward Club now? Um, as an organization, I mean, we're... we're I mean, we do work all over the world with these work around masks, but our clubs, I think we have four clubs this year. Uh, we do work in multiple countries with the, the, the movement we created around emotional masks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, that when you talk about that, when you, talk, when you say that to a nonprofit leader, I'm asking, I'm wondering, are you asking about money? Are you asking about number of impact? You know, I got all these answers. I got, what you want to know? What you want to know? So um, in terms of clubs, we have four clubs going there, middle school, high school, clubs if you talk about as a, uh, a small we're a small emerging organization we have you know we're under under half a million dollar organization um we've been doing the work for 18 years and we um but we but we but our impact globally is around um, asking people around the world to explore what do you let people see about you uh-huh. that's the front of the mask what are the things you don't let people see about you that's the back of the mask and we use that metaphor in our work so we have a, mil- a goal to collect a million masks from around the world uh, so far, we have had 60,000 masks from uh, more than 20 different countries. So wow. that, yeah, so there's a lot of layers of the impact that we're trying to have. So you reach out uh, around the world, the four clubs, are they local in Bay Area or East Bay or are they across? Okay. Yeah, they're all local here yeah. in Bay Area, Alameda County. Okay, and let's move on. Uh, Brian Weiss, Brian did the Sterling Smith's Weekend in July 2007, while a member of the Blood Soldiers Men's Division of Los Angeles. 
While on the Blood Soldiers, he served on the Corps team and led many events. He joined the East Bay Nation of Men, which is now the East Bay Circle of Men, when he moved to the Bay Area in 2014 and has served on the Leadership Council for five years. Also has led community campouts, fall events, and community service projects. Brian, tell us about East Bay Circle and Men. What's unique about it? Thanks. Great to see everyone on this call. Uh, we're similar to momentum in that we started out in the in the early 90s as a part of the Sterling the Sterling organization and then uh, like momentum had to make a decision about whether to, to stay in that hierarchy or to kind of go off on our own where things got a little bit heated and uh, I was not around back then obviously but the decision was made to, to break off from from you know the Sterling bureaucracy and kind of do our own thing and uh, we've been around for 30 years and our membership is exploding. So obviously we're doing something right. And uh, I think what makes us a little bit different from some of the other men's groups that I've been a part of and that maybe are on the screen is our push is not to, to push men to, to be uncomfortable or to uh, stretch their boundaries or to, you know, to put them up against their barriers and, and, and really dig into that. I, I, I find that certainly in the, in the last, since I've been involved, it's more about creating community and a safe space for men to really feel heard and accepted and loved. And, 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 and there's so many men who seem to be lacking that in, in their lives. And then they, they come to our circle and they're given an opportunity to share. And, and it's amazing to see, we have a process called a sacred circle during our meetings, um, which the second Saturday of every month at Lake Chabot. And we have business, our usual business meeting and a breakfast, but then we go up into the woods a little bit into a clearing and we spend an hour and it's an open forum. Although there's a topic, men are invited to share whatever they want to share about. And, and it's open to guests. And it's amazing to see people there for the first time and just go so deep and be moved to tears to tell their story and what they're, what they're hurting about and what they need. And it's, and it's obvious this is the first time they have found a place they can do that and do it in a safe place and feel, you know, without judgment and know that they're going to get love and support. And that's what keeps them coming back to, the, to our organization is that it's a place where they can, they can uh, share, they can heard, be heard and help other men, support other men. But in, in a supportive way um, uh, that is not about, uh, uh, you know, pushing men into corners and, and things like that. And, and, um, and I think that was part of the breakaway from Sterling. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, a, a, it's a comfortable, loving community. Uh, there is still a foundation of integrity and commitment. Um, we do talk a lot and certainly on teams about holding men accountable to things that they want to do in their lives, but it's, it's not done in a punitive way. It's not done in a way that, that, uh, makes you feel scared. Um, so we have men doing great stuff in the organization and they do it by getting love and support and, and, and camaraderie on the other men, as opposed to being pushed into uncomfortable places and, and being asked to fight their way out. I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. It's just the way, that's just the culture of the organization. And it works for a lot of men because that's what they're looking for. And I think that's what makes us unique, both from other men's circles and also in the community at large, because you don't get this by joining 
a softball team or a bowling league or a book club. You know, this is a place where men can go and it might be the only place they can go where they can talk about their marriage, their relationship with their dad, their relationship with their son, stuff that's going on at work. And there's just nowhere, you know, other than a psychiatrist's office, there's nowhere else they can go to do this. And that's what makes us unique. Nice. Nice. Thank you, Brian. And finally, last on this call, we have Michael Burns, who helped organize this panel discussion. Michael did the Sterling Men's Sex Power Weekend in 1986 in New York City. He served on the core leadership of Bushido. Did I say that right? Sterling's Men's Division. From 1991 to 1994, he joined East Bay Nation of Men, now East Bay Circle of Men in 96, served on the Leadership Council, including the head chief. He was one of the founders of Circles of Men Weekend, which there were eight circles of men. He coordinated leadership council with representatives from Bay Area Circles of Men, which is why he was able to gather these great group of men together today, because he's had experience coordinating a lot of these circles. Michael moved to Santa Cruz, joined MDI, serving on the core leadership team until the end of 2020, served on the production of Young Men's Ultimate Weekends, mentored three years on Boys to Men. Does that mean go? Yes, that means go. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you, Jay. This is great. <clears throat> um, so as you can hear from... Um, my, my bio, this is something that is a passion of mine, um, getting circles of men to be in communion, in communication with each other. Um, this really started, I, I, was, um, I was a communications chief for the uh, EBNOM back in around 2006, somewhere around there. And we got a visit from um, uh, one, of the, one of the core leaders from MDI. Um, and he, he was, what he was coordinating was, it was his reach out program. They're reaching out to connect with other circles of men. And he wanted a representative from MNOM and I became it. The, <laughs> the circle of men promoted me to, to that as I was taking notes, keeping track of, of what was going on in the meeting. And when, um, Glissman asked for a man to everybody burns, burns. <laughs> and fortunately, I did it. I became part of um, part of uh, MDI's reach out program. And we then brought, you know, asked Cole Cameron, which was a, a no brainer to be a part of this coordinating of, of men's circles. So one night, you know, Shanti speaking about um, Roberts Park up in Oakland, the reach out team decided, why don't we get everybody together for a night and see what happens? Because, you know, we being representatives of these different circles, we wanted to see it in action. So we had a one night uh, gathering. We had about 140 men show somewhere around there, show up from Santa Cruz, from the peninsula, from, you know, South Bay Nam, from MDI, from Sterling. It was, it kind of was a, it was a, a mind blower for a lot of men because, uh, you know, there's quite a few men graduates of the weekend, you know, far back as 1983, and there really hadn't been any contact. 
and here they were. They see they seen each other at a gathering where, like Ashanti says, there's the fire, and then there's food, and then there's we break up into small groups and we start, you know, compare our circles. This is what our circle does. This is what our circle does really well. This is what our circle could really use some help in. And we, it, <clears throat> huge success. It was a no-brainer to see what was next. So um, we formed, a, we, we, we formed a, a committee and we started doing these circles of men weekend events. And uh, we did that. We did that for eight years. And it was so <clears throat> I guess also what I need to say is that I'm not representing an organization. I'm representing uh, <clears throat> what could have been or what was and what still could be a new paradigm with men's circles. And that's working together, working together. Uh, Cole and I and another man from uh, Tribe of Man, we became the steering committee for forming this leaders council. So with these circles of men that we've already got in relationship and, and functioning together and planning the weekends and, and just sharing technology, um, we, got, we got leaders from each of these, uh, these circles and we would start meeting as a leader council to see what more, how far can we go with this? What more could we do? Um, and it, it, we did, we did great. It was, it just was a real wonderful thing. It was a real challenge when you got, uh, you know, like seven different um, styles of leadership, seven different styles of, of functioning as a, a circle of men and have us have the production team working together to create this men's weekend, the calm weekend. It was a lot of work. And um, I think there became burnout. Burnout. So we ceased. We stopped doing it in yeah. 2014. And um, who knows, maybe this is a, is certainly a deja vu for me. Yeah. So um, yeah, I don't know where we're going, if we're going. Um, I've just, <sighs> I just love this stuff. You know, I've been at it since, since, uh, you know, 36 years. And, um, I was just at a, another men's meeting last night, a, a team that isn't involved with the circle at all. They're a men's team in Santa Cruz and they've been together as a men's team for over 30 years. Without a, an organization? No organization. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were, when I met them, they were part of the, the tribe, the, <clears throat> the nation of men, they were the Santa Cruz tribe, but that was back in 96, which didn't last, uh, but they stayed together. Okay. So, yeah, um, I guess my point was, is that it doesn't matter where I go. It doesn't matter what city I'm in. I can find a men's circle and I can be at home, even if I don't know the men. Mm -hmm. It's just this common we're all committed to the same thing and that's to be the best men that we can be and to nice. support others to do the same and to be open to be coached and mentored by, um, by anybody. So um, Steve, I think that's enough for that. Yeah. Steve, did you have something to add? No, I was just, uh, I'm raising my hand to say right on brother. Uh, good. 
So that's an MKP technology, right? <clears throat> that's what you. Right on, brother. That's, that's unique to MKP, I think. Yeah, uh, we do it in Boys to Men too. You know, yeah. you don't have to say anything. All you have to say is, yeah. Mm. Do it uh, Jay, we haven't spoken to MDI or the Legacy Discovery Weekend, and I wonder if I could spend a minute on that. Or Young Men's Ultimate Weekend. Yeah, I'd like to hear about all of those. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm changing up my my method here, so I do want to hear about those three, and then I, I want to talk generally about about this uh, or uh, overall uh, what's going on here. So, uh, Cole, if you want to go ahead and talk about. Sure. Um. So I also am a part of MDI, and uh, one of the things we've done is created our own weekend called the Legacy Discovery Weekend. And it's instead of a guru or single person delivering a weekend as we experienced in Sterling, it's a weekend put on and created by the men for the men. And while MKP references the four archetypes, we actually have individual men in each of the archetype roles throughout the weekend and really step deeply into the gold in every one of those archetypes, but also the shadow of, you know, being a great leader as a king is wonderful, but, you know, are you in some way an anarchist or, or, or just, you know, very negative and uh, demeaning and controlling everything, for example? Um, so we, we cover the whole spectrum in a weekend setting with the idea of what is your purpose? Why are you here? And then what do you want to leave when you're gone? What is your legacy? And how can we support you get there? Because we were born into a household that was our father, our mother, our family's being legacy. But what is ours now that we're men? And where do we want to go? That maybe we haven't already gone or we have an idea about, but we want to develop it more. And so we give them a space uh, that's real collaborative and interaction in small teams during the weekend from the large group. Um, and I know Ashanti did the legacy discovery with me and I've been on the training team for years. He may have some comment. And uh, I know Burns was advising us and, and part of the training team. So you, you two may have uh, further comment on that also. What, what does uh, MDI stand for? Oh, mentor, discover, inspire. Okay. I do have a comment about um, a, a contrast between MDI and um, the Nation of Men circles. Uh, MDI left the Sterling community in 2000, 2001, uh, it was like 10 years after NAM had uh, created itself. And they. And it used to be called Men's Division International. Yeah. And MDI is stuck more to the 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 structure uh that the sterling institute had the sterling men's divisions um more so than than nam did nam really took a a, a break and brian i think expressed it really really clearly about the love and the relationship being the priority yeah and, and the um the 
what MDI does offer with is some really, really good trainings. You know, they got the LD, the Legacy Discovery Weekend, but they also have many different uh, leadership training workshops that, that are really good. Um, and it, the, I, the, it's, a, it's a subtle, maybe not so subtle uh, context difference, whereas MDI is, it's, it's all about you need, you're going to train to become a leader in your train and with the with the ebcom probably with uh, momentum too men want to step up into leadership roles because they've seen the results of the the elders in their community and they're getting on the job training they're getting leadership training because they step up to be leaders whether they know how or not they don't need to have the academic workshop training to be leaders, they do it through doing it. That's that's my observation. From uh, you know, I, I spent my I spent I don't know ten years or so in in Ebnom, tr- becoming a leader by stepping up and, and taking on act t- taking on <clears throat> leadership roles. Um, yeah, I don't know where I was going. I'll stop. <laughs> what about uh, Young Men's Ultimate Weekend? You've heard that a few times. Come up. Well, I can speak to that, and I was also as I close out the MDI. So I'm currently on the board of MDI, and I think um, you know, as I said, when I joined it, I didn't even know what it was, and I didn't know it existed. Mm-hmm. And I think I've done weekends from most of the organizations that have them. So MDI, MKP, uh, Sacred Sons, Every Man. So. There's lots of organizations out there um, that are that are trying to provide these supports. I think there's a need. I think men who are alive enough in their hearts know that more men need this. Um, and so I think what I created with Ever Forward was trying to realize that this doesn't exist. Why doesn't it exist? And to go back. So the um, Young Men's Ultimate Weekend is a rites of passage, modern day rites of passage for young men. And it you know, traditionally, rites of passage is a journey from boyhood to manhood. There's in the Western world, there's only the only place that exists adolescence for the most part. Right. Um, the idea is in the old days, you are a boy. And once you begin to smell yourself, they say, <laughs> once you mm-hmm. begin to begin thinking you're a little older than you probably are, then the men are like, I guess you're ready. And there was something you had to do to prove that you were ready to be accepted in the community as men. You didn't just get to be a extended teenager for years and eat up all the food while you figure out what it means to be 18 and then you're supposed to be knowing what a man it was a journey of becoming a man so the young men's ultimate weekend uses a modern day approach so what cole talked about going up to washington i mean canada young men's initiation i mean young men's advent uh young men's adventure weekend was in canada with brad leslie um they brought it back down here created the young men's ultimate weekend and it's a way so a lot of our young men go through that weekend now that's a weekend long 48 hours you know from friday evening to sunday afternoon uh, adventure ever forward uses that as a just a, a, a event but the ongoing work it's kind of like the in, in mankind project the new warrior training adventure it's a weekend but the ongoing work is the integration groups everyone has their different thing they do to help men 
kind of situate themselves, right? And so the young men who there is no rights of passage in many communities, definitely not the community I grew up in. Well, rights of passage becoming a man is like, oh, I had sex for the first time. I got a license. Um, I'm learning how to drink. I got drunk with a bunch of friends. I smoked a whole pack of cigarettes. Whatever it was, there was an event that they think made you a man and it wasn't rooted in masculinity or it wasn't rooted in responsibility. It wasn't rooted in how do you be, how do you learn how to give back to your community? So uh, that's the Young Men's Ultimate Weekend. Um, Mark, Dr. Mark Schillinger and there's some other men who are part of the founding group, Small Z. Um, I don't even know his real name, actually. So uh, we, everyone has nicknames. I don't even know their real name. So uh, they're the men who kind of help bring that thing to life and, and organizationally. Um, and so um, we send our young men to some of those events. We send our young men to um, um, Boys to Men's event as well. The, the Weimar, I mean, the Ryan, you know, Raven and the other event for the older boys. So I think the event, the idea that men who do this work realize, a lot of them, that, man, I needed this back then. Or they realize I need this for my son. So a lot of the organizations that were created, you know, uh, Boys to Men was created by two men when they were driving back from their mankind project event new warrior training adventure they were like oh my god why didn't we have this growing up and i guess the story they tell is as they got drove back into their home they had created the structure for creating this for boys mm -hmm. because we know that we needed it earlier most men find out when you know a lot of the men in men's organizations find out when they have other men in their life who invite them but why didn't we know about these before so i think anyway that's the that's the why Young Men's Ultimate Weekend. I mean, that's just a, a, a connection that some of these weave into each other. Mm -hmm. Nice. Okay, so we've heard from everybody about these very many different circles of men. And my original intention was to try to understand the structure of all these organizations, but that's kind of, kind of boring. I think with such a, a rich group of men and such a very inspiring background stories and when when Ashanti was talking when you told about creating Everford Club and then discovering MDI and it's like oh wow you know I was instinctively creating this and here it is it exists I started looking at the common themes the common threads between all of these men's groups and rather than getting into the individual structure of each organization what's the natural innate structure that we are developing here that we are following well i could say something a little bit about that mm -hmm. i have noticed in my life that i'm with, when i'm with a group of men something happens uh either structured or unstructured there's an affinity there's a commonality um and in our organization, Boys to Men, it combines that that we we discover that the boys are very similar to us, and they find that they're very similar to us adults. There's a commonality amongst males that I think is um, intuitive um, and um, feels good it, it's almost like an unconscious connection i think if you get past the the posturing point where you get a group of guys together and you're posturing to figure out who's the top dog mm -hmm. or who's the follower who's the leader um who do i have to 
you know, be ready to defend myself against that fear, right? Who can, you know, the, the concept of getting a group of men together that are willing to be vulnerable, that know how to be vulnerable, that know how to trust others, and that have the desire for all men to become better at whatever it is they want to become better at, to, to go on their continuum, whatever it is on their journey, and to advance on their journey. It's a, it's, it's like a, it's like a love and caring that can exist for men. And I feel like I could walk into any of these circles and know that I'm safe, that I could be vulnerable and that I'm loved for who I am. Yeah, you know, I would just want to add to, I think there's a genetic con content here. Um, our, our thousands and thousands of generations ago, our grandfathers had to uh, align themselves together to uh, provide food to their families and their tribe, to uh, protect the tribe from, you know, outside forces. There's, um, I think women have a commonality as well, just because they're the feminine. And we have that commonality in us because we're males. Yeah. And I think to build on what Steve and John just said, the structure that, that, you know, we're trying to, I feel like we're trying to create is that as men, we go through our lives with, uh, with our masks on, I'm not talking about the COVID masks. I'm talking about, you know, this mask that, you know, at work, we've got to, you know, yeah, I got this. And to your wife, you know, you may, you want to make sure she feels safe and that you, you know, you're handling stuff and that you want your sons to see you as, as the rock of the family. And, and, you know, you, so you go through life with this kind of armor on and you can come to any of these men's circles. And, and not only are you invited to take that off, you're expected to take that off. And it's a, it's a place where you can say, okay, here's what, here's what's real. Here's what's really going on with me and know that you're not letting anyone down by showing your vulnerabilities. And, and in fact, the, 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 the more snot that comes out of your nose, sometimes the better it is, you know? Um, um, and, and uh, it's, it's, that's the structure we're trying to create. It's an, a, a space for men to be able to take off that mask, take off that armor, and really, really, you know, express what's really going on with them without fear of reprisal and judgment. Mm. Oh, this is cool. The other thing I would add from what they've just said was, while it's great to be with other men that know how to do this, it's also good as an elder to be the example for others that want it because they've been in such a bad place that it's like, I've got to do something and maybe this will help me. And stepping in as a new person, not aware like Ashanti described and saying, okay, wow, I can be safe here. I can really open up. Okay, I'm gonna be around these guys and, and get a little more understanding of what's going on. And then I can open up even more because the trust builds. Thank you, complete. Hey, Jay, as Bernsey. I I have a question. It's an organizational question, and it's 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 definitely not along the lines of the context of what we're talking about now. Uh, do you think there's a proper time or 
since I brought it up, is this the proper time? What, what, what organizational structure are you talking about? Dues. Dues? And, and yeah, and I'm, I'm pretty specific. Um, I only know... Um, I know I only know momentum and and EBCOM and MDI as far as dues goes. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but no, it's a ours is, ours have changed, Bernsey. We we have gone through uh, from momentum. We've gone through the conversion now from a five hundred one c seven club to a five hundred one c three, and so we don't by definition have members, and we can't have dues. So we have, and we, we, we got a legal team involved. And so we have, now we're converting over to something called a program fee. So there's a standard program fee that's gonna be $60 per year. And that covers basic access to discourse, you know, and that's our communication platform. Um, and that also helps p- keep the lights on. Then we establish program fees for everything else. We're gonna have a program fee for breakfast. That's going to be for the men that come for breakfast, mm. right? We have a program fee for base camp when new men come in. Um, you know, you were talking about Cole, the, the gift of leading new men. I'm leading small groups of in between seven and 10 men for four months, keeping them warm, keeping them set up, ready to then go on a challenge. The next program we call expedition base camp is 80 bucks expedition you know, it's supposed to be enough to cover the cost of the program. So um, the next one is six months. It's intense every week. And it's like $240. So we have to set up a base camp. We have to set up a program fee that matches the costs. And so we've been doing a whole lot of video creation and video editing, content creation. And so that's what we're raising that. That's where that money is going. We're not paying anyone yet. Um, in the organization, you know, as a presenter or anything like that, but uh, that may change in the future. So what I'm hearing you say is that if like a new man, he comes in and pays his $60 just to, to show up and then he pays extra for breakfast and then he pays extra for different pro. So it could go, you're talking about hundreds of dollars a year. Yes. But have you looked so- at sacred sons lately? No, but let me let me continue because, I, like I say, I only really know um, these three, and um, Ebcom has been sixty dollars for what twenty years, thirty years, sixty dollars a a year, and then there's MDI and Ashanti being on the board of directors. I mean, that's that's pretty up there with decision making about the organization. That's three hundred and sixty dollars a year or 300, depending on how you pay it. <clears throat> so this is a, this, this is a not controversial, but it is an issue. When I, I know MDI lost a lot of men when they doubled the dues from 100, 150 or 180 to three, whatever. So I guess my question, I really appreciate you, John, for you know laying it out, how it's laid. So Brian, if you could tell me how does $60 cover breakfast and newsletter and, and Zoom and everything else that goes on with Ebcom? And Ashanti, why are we paying $360? <laughs> so what are you two? Well, well, I mean, you know, we we do budgeting and forecasting, and you know, we have a we have some extra money in the bank because of less activities because of COVID, but 
the 60, you know, that we've had some years we've been a little bit in the red. We've had some years where we've been a little bit in the black. Um, the $60 seems to be the sweet spot. Um, you know, there the breakfast teams, there's breakfast uh, uh, 12 times a year. We put them on a, on a pretty strict budget of, I think, of $100, $150, you know, something like that. And, and if they go over, then typically just that goes out of their pockets. Uh, the events that we have, the newsletter doesn't cost anything. Uh, we used to go to a printer and, and Xerox. That's a, I guess I'm dating myself, but we <laughs> used to, you know, copy them and then mail it. So we had postage charges and now it's all digital. So there's really not a lot of newsletter expenses. The events that we hold, we, uh, they pay for themselves. We charge an admission, you know, fee for the camp out or the fall event. And again, those are budgeted and forecasts to, to break even. So there's not a lot that we do other than the breakfasts and some other things that, that spring up during the year that the $60 goes to. And the, the stuff that we do during the year, we charge for to make sure that, it, you know, if we have a Halloween party or if we have, you know, community service uh, events, people donate things. So it's worked. That's all I can say. So Sean, to you, are you a 501c3, 3c or whatever that is? Are you yeah, we're, a, we're a C7 social club. Momentum used to be. The, the difference between the two, let's, let's just get into this, this uh, nonprofit structure. What's the difference between the two? Uh, Having just gone go through it, um, a club uh, can have, it has members and it is, the purpose of it is to create activities. It's not to make a profit, but it's to create activities for the benefit of the club. A 501c3 is to, um, uh, is able to take in donations that are tax deductible and that kind of stuff. And it is there to create benefit for the public. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. so it doesn't have members. It has participants in the activities. Well, Shanti, why 360? Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to defend any of that. I, I, that's not what I'm here for. Mm -hmm. So you, so I think that that question is a different question for a different time for me. Um, as a board member, what I do know for sure is that um, I, I'm new to the board and I wasn't there when that decision was made. I was upset when the dues raised. I got lots of feelings about a lot of things. But as also a new board member, my job is to be a, a steward of helping the organization communicate to the men what I wasn't pleased about. Here's what I do know about any organization. I've been running a nonprofit by my kind of in a, in a solo kind of fashion for 18 years that organizations don't run themselves. If you're not in a for-profit business where you're in the desire to make money, and, and as we can see in capitalism, we can see in the one percenters that that is shown itself to be a way of taking more from the to the top and leaving those behind and ignoring the fact that people down the street from you are living in tents makeshift by boxes and pieces of paper and scraps of wood. So what I won't do is be a defender of how we as an organization kind of keep the, the wheels moving because I know as a nonprofit, I, I've been I've done many of things as a disservice to my own personal family to keep the wheels on the bus moving. And so what I will say for those who don't know about men's organizations, if you didn't go to a college where there was fraternities, if you've never joined a, a baseball league where they charge you and you thought balls don't cost that much. <laughs> what, 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 what am I paying for? I'm paying for friends. And I think there's a lot of ways of getting the, in our heads about what the money, I'm not going to defend any of that because I don't, I, I'm not concerned about that. Here's what I know for me, uh, for me, Ashanti. Uh, 
and who is now up on the board, because I want to communicate to our members why things are happening the way they are and let them have a voice, is that um, I find value in it. I found value in it. And when I get to the place where the cost financially outweighs the value, then I'm out. <laughs> but I'm not going to waste a lot of energy in trying to like nitpick all the pieces, because ultimately, um, once I find that it's not a value, then I shouldn't be there. And I should find my own place mm -hmm. to be and create my own thing. And that's what that's what a lot of these men have talked about. They were a part of this sterling system that said, you better get this many men in the weekend or you're full of, or you're or you're. Oh, sorry. Or you're <laughs> not you're or you're not tough men. If you don't get 50 minutes of the weekend, you suck. And that's why most of the men went off to create their own. Why? Because it was a money incentive and money causes corruption. Not always. I don't think that everyone who has money is corrupt. I'm saying what the men felt was that, why am I doing all this? And so the questions of well, you can ask all the you can go back to the people, the oldest men in these all these organizations, and ask them, why did they separate? Why would you separate? You're getting a value. Well, once you realize that the cost out of your pocket from your family, the time is more than you're willing to pay, then you're going to make a move. Everyone has to at some point. So here's what I would say about, the, about what I know about it, about, about the service. Um, I have stayed part of, even when I was sometimes upset because I've gotten value in my life. And I think that I found value um, in, in realizing that I need to, until I find a way to do something different. Uh, and, when I, and the reason I joined the board, I joined the board reluctantly. I told the men, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm a little pissed off. And I said, I'm joining the board because I want to be, I want to understand what's going on. I want to be able to communicate to you all what's going on. And when it's not going the right way, we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to have a mere voice. I, I, I told them I joined the board kind of frustrated. And so I ultimately know that my work of, of serving young men, which is why I got into the work in period, realizing that I needed, when I needed this work when I was younger. Why do we have to have organization for men? Well, because our boys are growing up in communities that tell them don't feel, suck it up, man up at six and seven and eight years old. They're trying to be men at seven and eight. Then they become adults who don't know how to deal with their emotions. And what happens? We have 2.4 million people in prison and 90% of them are men, 94% of them are men. Are men that bad? I don't think so. I think men are amazing. But what happens yeah. if you teach a man to suck up part of his humanity? So we have to help these organizations grow. And you know the way they grow? And somebody mentioned Sacred Sons. Hey, they're doing amazing work. You know what they're, you know what they're smart about? They got visuals to help men see that men's work is powerful. And you know what I told MDI? I said, we suck. We suck at visualizing what we do. Look at our website. Their marketing, their marketing is amazing. Their marketing is beautiful. Like I, I've been to one of their weekends. So Bernsey, you know, can as I? As, as men, it, it, us in this circle here, we, we don't agree on everything, but we can leave here respecting each other and knowing that it, it, we see things differently sometimes. And that's, we should. We ultimately should, but our society has gotten to a place where we don't want to hear anybody's voices different than ours. And guess what? We got, we got lazy. We get lazy in our minds of hearing a, a cognitive, having cognitive dissonance. And our job in our work is helping men find a way to have those healthy conversations. And so uh, that's my long exactly. answer. Exactly. That's exactly. Let's, 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 so, let's back up for a second here because I want to talk about what just happened because we were talking about this, this sort of innate structure of men supporting men and getting together and mentoring men and supporting men. And then suddenly we went into this, this organizational structure of the different organizations. So what I see is that we have these organizational structures, which are part of our society, right? The nonprofits and somehow we have to gather and, 
and create a structure so that we can gather as men or whatever the community is and do what's natural to us. Yeah, um, and, okay, I, I, I could speak a little too about um, boys to men because we all of the boys to men centers are independent. Mm -hmm. And about five years ago, um, an organization was created called Boys to Men USA. And the goal there was to create some kind of hierarchy overview organization that could provide trainings, um, uh, uniformity, that sort of thing. And it never took hold because it, the way they were doing it was top down. Wow. Um, telling everybody what to do, setting standards when all these organizations were already working. And it's kind of fallen by the wayside. Uh, the, the, there was a, they did a survey uh, uh, last summer and basically what, what all the different uh, centers wanted was an aggregation of content, best practices, an, uh, a, uh, a kind of a uh, uniformly well-organized way to raise money in a, a larger way rather than each of us as individual centers uh, were able to do. And uh, but beyond that, when it comes to uh, trying to control and set standards for organizations that already exist, that was just a fiasco. Interesting. I, I really just want to back up because I think that maybe I presented the question in a way that that was misunderstood or, or I, I expressed it. I, I wasn't looking for for MDI to to defend what they were doing. <clears throat> I was looking for an explanation of where does the money go? And you got around to it. I think <clears throat> both of you did. And it was about the marketing. And that was my understanding from why, the <clears throat> how the board made the decision in the first place was to jack it up so much was to put it into a different marketing technique, whether it was through Facebook or I, I'm not clear on on the technology that they're using but that's that was my that was how i heard the explanation from leadership of mdi that why they needed to raise it so much was to market it better and it didn't work and that's <laughs> and anyway, i i just wanted to clear that up and i i really appreciate that and that's, that's... One thing that's clear to me that i've always been confused about are all these sterling offshoots and it just has always been, uh, you know, uh, what I understand is that the Sterling organization was too top-down uh, and uh, uh, offensive to a lot of people. And then all these separate organizations um, struck up. Um, but I have always found it terribly confusing about what's what and who's uh, well, different. I, I can speak to that because I've been in two different organization. So my bio, I mentioned that I was in an in a, in a organization called Blood Soldiers. We, def, we referred to ourselves as a men's division, not a group. Uh, it was either a team or, or, or division, but not a group. And uh, we also broke away from Sterling um, because he threatened to put us on probation. Uh, 
because we were <laughs> because we weren't sending enough men to the weekend and and he was uh getting uh by he, I mean, not necessarily him personally, but the the institute was uh, getting uh, very involved in who was going to who's going to be leading the teams, and they just it they it just got really messy. So the blood soldiers broke away and said, you know, sc- screw you, Justin, we're going to do our own thing. But they remain the blood soldiers to this day remain very very committed to the weekend. Um, when I was there, you could not join unless you did the weekend. So even though they decided they didn't want to be part of the Sterling hierarchy and the Sterling bureaucracy and, and all that stuff, they remain very much wedded and rooted in the Sterling philosophy. The, the, the technology of the weekend is used at every single meeting, both at the team level and at the organizational level, because there's, the men believe in it. And, you know, the, all the, the little the six tasks and this and that, they are pounded away at in the blood soldiers and, and, and uh, because they believe they work. They just didn't want a part of the organization. Then I come up to EBCOM or East Bay Nation of Men in 2014, and you say the word Sterling and, and it's like a curse word. <laughs> exactly. and, and the med, yeah. you know, uh, high, you know, and you're almost like embarrassed to say, I want to do the weekend. You go, ah. uh, it, it, it's a, it's been an adjustment for me to be honest because there's so much st- doing the weekend was such a huge thing for me in my life and um and and the technology of of the sterling stuff is i find i i i, I am very attracted to it and i and i there, there was this fear in east bay circle of men about this, you know you say the word sterling and it just sends ripples and shivers down people's spines and i don't i don't get it and i i i would like to see us more um, get back to some of the foundation of the weekend, which you can do without getting involved in the sterling red tape. And this was one of the uh, driving forces for the, the reach out program that led to the circles of men uh, events. And, and the, the whole context was there was such bad blood between the nation of men, South Bay and East Bay and San Francisco and Santa Cruz and Sterling and MDI, because MDI was, I don't know if they were misunderstood, but they were representative of Sterling to, to, in the minds of the, the nation of men, men. So that was the purpose was to allow the men to get together, MDI, Nation of Men, Tribe of Men, all the MKP, have the men get together to realize how much we have in common and to realize that we grow up. MDI, even as an organization, is growing up, although there's still, I think it's still a top-down leadership um, format. But we're, we're, we're all elders in training and we, we are becoming wiser. So MDI isn't an offshoot, isn't, isn't a, yeah. So that was the purpose is to get past these, these perceived um, differences between Sterling-esque men's circles and non-Sterling men's circles, complete. Well, Jerry, what I, thing is what I we're at the point we're still at the point um, where we can send men. And luckily, 
um, and it may be the last one, there's a men's weekend at the end of March. And uh, I'm sponsoring a man oh. in that weekend and I'm trying to get another one to go who's the son of a man that did it, Men's Sex and Power in 1983 mm. um, in one of the first weekends. And this may very well may be the last weekend that's being held. So there's, well, there's the, um, uh, um, the interesting thing about the, the contrast between the two philosophies, but bottom line, we're still, there's still the common ground, right? There's still the common ground of men getting together, men supporting each other, men mentoring young men. And uh, that to me is the natural structure. And, and it seems to me the conflict is about the organizational structure that support that holds that that natural structure yeah and i think that's what i got jay as one of your themes for this was how to structure things and i think we're seeing here um how difficult it is to uh to create an organization mm -hmm. that 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 is broader than just a, you know a small uh individual thing um I know that I have struggled with that in, in every organization that I've been involved with because there are advantages to being a larger organization. Um, and, you, and oftentimes that is very difficult like we're experiencing right now in mm -hmm. all our subgroups. Mm -hmm. so Jay, one, one thing that, that, that we realize is so momentum, NAM, ran for many, many, many years with a new chief, you know, a one person, sometimes two, that would step up and be voted in to run the organization. And that person would sometimes completely reinvent the entire structure and organization of what was happening. Mm. And then that all felt on the shoulders of one man. Yes. So and talk about burnout. Yeah. Um, that was nuts. Right. And we finally got to the point. Um, I was part of a group of men that said, wow, look what look what East Bay's doing. <laughs> and they seem like so chill and relaxed. So we have switched and we started with a troika with a three way leadership. Mm -hmm. um, we then added a fourth. Now we're up to six yeah. men on the council and have switched to a full board and a self-replicating board in which the board chooses the new council members and that is ratified by the membership is, is the board is the board a part of the legal structure the board is the board the legal structure okay. according to the state right so they're there we're all formal board members mm -hmm. we have to have formal you know robert's rules of order board mm -hmm. meetings mm -hmm. with well, can new council yeah. members who that are that are selected by the board can they be vetoed by the the collective wisdom of the yes. men? The overwhelming yes. support. Yes. Okay. So it's really overwhelming support of the men are what makes the decisions. Yeah, and the men love okay. it. And so far, every new council member that's been put forward has been ratified unanimously. So I yeah I got to jump jump in again because. Uh, you know, the, the distinction between the blood soldiers, Sterling based 
organization that I spent eight years in and now Epcom. So in Blood Soldiers, a man, there would be a man would step up for the role. It was called division coordinator. He was called the DC. Okay. And uh, although he had a core team around him, uh, he, he ran his, he, his, he was the leader. And if he said, show up at the park at seven o'clock on Sunday, wearing a red shirt, you showed up at the park Sunday morning, wearing a red shirt, whether you liked it or not, whether you thought it should be eight o'clock, whether you thought it should be a blue shirt, you did, you just showed, you just did it. Okay. And it was so easy. And my biggest frustration, certainly when I first joined the East Bay Circle of Men was there is, we have the same as momentum. We have a seven body leadership council and, and nothing can be decided by them other than minor decisions. Uh, everything has to be a proposal, debated, voted. It took us three years to change the name. <laughs> uh, everything, everything is debated and discussed and we can't, it took us two years to come up with a logo. Um, and there are so many times I've just said, trust the men. Trust and 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 what I what I say is trust a man. If if there's a man out there that you have voted and vetted and you trust him, there was such a beauty in having one man make make the ruling you liked it or not. And mm -hmm. I know I'm I know I'm in the distinct minority of that because everyone in Ebcom that I speak with can't imagine the horror of not being able to have their voice heard about everything. And it bogs us down sometimes. And um, we, we saw that. We saw that, Brian, and changed it so that we're able to make decisions in the council. Um, it, it has to be something massive for us to present it to the men for a vote. It has to be like changing the governing doc, right? Or the you know removal of a chief. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also the difference between the two uh, nonprofit one the member base the members need to make the decisions and the the community based public base has oh, the board making call. decisions yeah i think one thing i want to say and i think i've it's been interesting in this conversation because i think um it's, it's been a lot in a lot of places yes <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm, I'm gonna say because and i imagine every every person here has probably already done a you know what is the average age of the men in your circles right and I think that what is happening and what we see, and I can, and I, and this is what I've told my my board and I've told my organization is that the organizations are, I'm not telling you a better word, they're aging out. And we're not attracting young men who need this work because so many times the people who are in charge are older people who don't listen. They just talk a lot mm -hmm. and young people don't deal well with people who think they just want to talk a lot and so what's happening is the reason these other organizations are starting to come in and grab the young men in our communities is because they are in action more than they're talking and i think that that's listen i I'm, i can tell you from mdi if you look at our board i'm the i mean i got white hair in my beard but there's a lot of white hair men there you know what i'm saying like i'm older too i'm 47 but here's what I know. The organizations that are bringing in the young men who we need to be serving right now, we have young men out there throwing their lives away and throwing their communities' lives away because they, are, they don't have any guidance. And I think that we got some work to do. Yeah. As, as a community, as a society, as an organization of men. And until we get egos out of the way, 
<laughs> if you if you know the work, you know it, if once an ego gets. I heard I heard, I heard somebody say it, it's a what is it? I forgot how the saying goes, but egos get in the way. Get in the way, even in people who are trying to do good work and serving communities. It doesn't mean just because you're a bad person because you have an ego, but if the ego is getting away, that's why, you know, the organizations have these values and core values and standards and all this. And a new person comes in and they change that. We're going to have different core values. We're going to have different standards. We're going to have, we're going to change. You're like, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. And I think if we, what we can see and what we can see in the organizations that are attracting younger people, they're, they're just structured differently. Right. I mean, there's some organizations, they're they're for-profit. They're for-profit. You want to be a part, you be a part. You don't want to be a part, don't be a part. Let's keep it moving. And that's what a lot of organizations are missing, I think, in this work. And so I think that, you know, we hope, as people have been mentioning, that maybe the last Sterling Men's Weekend, right? Okay. People have said, no one's going to do anything after that. What? You mean no one's going to make a weekend for men? Are you crazy? Yeah. Are you out of your mind? Yeah, it'll like, happen. It, it may not be under that name, but somebody's, mm-hmm. somebody, somebody's been writing stuff down, even though they tell you don't write anything down. I, get, I guarantee you somebody got a file. With well, all the- actually, Mitch DeArmond and uh, Scott what? are actually already running a men's weekend on their own. David Garrison, David Garrison, you had your hand up earlier. But they're men. Well, I'm, I'm still speaking right now. They're 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 still men's weekends, right? I mean, a, a name of it doesn't mean anything. You you're a part of Legacy Discovery. That's a men's weekend. MKP. That's a men's weekend. There are all kinds of men's weekends. Only people have given more value to some than others, right? And I think, like when I came to MDI, if you had done the New Warrior Training Adventure, no one cared. What? You didn't really do a weird weekend. What do you mean, right? But what is it? I, I was new, so I didn't even know what that meant. But People were like, you heard the, the, the murmurs. So, Garrison, thank you, brother. I'm going complete. David? Yeah, I wanted just to briefly comment on the uh, Ashanti, what you mentioned about attracting younger men. Um, I've been a part of East Bay for about seven years, and uh, we have gone through the last like four or five years. Uh, like we, like uh, about five years ago, I think they did a, a survey and, and East Bay was really aging out. Like there were no new men coming in, especially younger men. And since then, there's been a lot of effort put into um, creating what they call a new man's temporary team where new men can come in and uh, they don't have to join a permanent team. They can just come in and come to this temporary team and learn the culture of having a support group. That's been really powerful. And also what I've noticed is um, a lot of the young men, they have a whole different kind of ethos around um, communication, around uh, values. You know, you might wanna call it wokeness. I don't know, whatever that means to you, but there's there's a different set of values and a different, like a more diversity focused um, view of the world yeah. and th- there's been a lot of pushback there's been cultural this is my view there's been a lot of cultural um, conflict I think uh, some of it under the surface some of it explicit around that around this is how we've always done things and we'd like to do things different and how do we navigate that like we had a council that was called the chiefs and there's been a lot of conflict around what like some of these new people were like, well, calling people chiefs, that's kind of, that seems insensitive. 
I'm not going to get into how I, whether I agree with that or not, but that's an example of what's happened. And what I've noticed is there's been, it's been hard, but the, the men that have been around a while, most of them have really tried to work to find a win-win. And I'm really happy to see that the community's evolved to really try and find a win-win. Um, yeah, I just want to throw that out there that if your community's having issues like that, you could use eBay, the leaders, go to the council and they could be an advisory board for what you're going through if you if you have those issues. Um, I'll leave it at that. Nice. Thank you. I want to I want to try and wrap us up now because we've been going on for almost an hour and a half right now. And just to summarize, there is a common thread that I saw in all of our organizations, basically men supporting men, men mentoring men, and there seems to be an innate nature to that that gets blocked somehow in our society. We really didn't talk about that, but that's okay. We also talked about our, we went into our organizational structures, even though I, I, th I thought, let's not do that. We did it anyway, naturally. Another thing men do naturally is talk about structures. And there was, was a, a contrast between the actual structure and that we need to support the innate abilities that we have as men. There was also a contrast between the authoritarian and de democratic view. I don't always think that democracy is the best answer. In many cases, we need somebody making the decision and people just following. And uh, an example of that, I think is, uh, well, a football team, right? You're not gonna have a democracy on a football team. Should we all punt now or a fire? We need a chief you know, shouting out the orders to get that fire out and men following men or women. So, so there's the contrast between those two structures as well. And we touched on a lot of that. And I think it was a very rich uh, discussion. I would like to give every man here an opportunity to, for a call to action. Tell us how we could find your organization and tell us something inspiring to somebody who might be listening. Let's start with you, David. You, you want to know how to find the organization? How to find the organization and something, some call to action, something inspiring to somebody who might listen. To have them explore? Uh, yeah. Um, Mankind Project. Um, uh, it is this, they have technology in Mankind Project that is, allows men to consistently create circles where they can do the deepest fucking work you can imagine. Like that is what really makes MKP unique. Nice. In Mankind Project, you could find it mkpusa.org. Yeah, or just MKP. That's the world organization. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Cole. A couple of things on Tribe of Men. One of the things that we do that we didn't talk about earlier uh, is the initiation process where I spent pages of questions self-inspecting what I have gone through and what I wanted. And then I sat bef before a tribunal of experienced men 
to bring what I wanted in the way of a purpose and what I was willing to do over the next couple of months working with a mentor and then come back and be re-interviewed by that tribunal to see if I succeeded or not. And some men would get a not now. Not every man would make it. Some men would have to come back. So there was that real, you set it up for yourself and then you did or did not succeed. So I wanted to bring that forward. The other thing is this, this collaborative operating system as a tool from the mystery school where they originated in 04 was really a broader collaboration than either momentum or the circle of men use with a six man. They, they, they can have the whole community on a call trying to get consensus. And it's, it's, it's painstaking, time consuming, and you definitely hear that minor voice in the corner that actually might be the, the biggie of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So you you really have some great things to do. Now, how to find us? Yeah, Just do a, a web search on um, the tribe of men. And I think it's going to be tribeofmen.com, as I remember. That's uh, correct. But, but just drop out the .com and just look up as three separate words, mm-hmm. the tribe of men or tribe of men, and you'll, you'll get to it. And it's got a lot of history, purpose, um, much more in depth than we were able to cover tonight. So, um, and, and I would really plug as a weekend, the legacy discovery that, that is within MDI yeah, some of the structure and some of the, the ropeness I don't care for in MDI, but uh, the LD, the legacy discovery, is a different animal. The, the depth at which we cover the four archetypes and uh, the varied active and passive shadows of each uh, really, really gives a picture in the different activities that we go through as a whole and as small teams. Hey, nice. Complete. Thank you. Thank you, John. Yes. So for Momentum, um, you can find us at gomomentum.org. Um, you can also find us on Meetup. Um, suggest that you come to a uh, monthly meeting, either in person uh, down in Bram Hall Park in San Jose or virtually on Zoom. Um, we have both kinds of meetings during the month and learn about the organization and um, I really invite uh, any man to uh, sign up and come to base camp and learn about the gift of having a men's team and more about what men's work is all about, how to be surrounded by a group of authentic men, vulnerable and willing to help you um, and help each other become the best man they can be. Nice. Thank you, Steve. Um, Boys to Men draws mentors from guys like us men who are, uh, who are in the process of uh, personal growth, self-realization, and kind of the next step to that is reaching out and helping your younger brothers. And to find us, uh, just Google Boys to Men, you'll get a bunch of Boys to Men, the singing group, and once you get beyond those few, <laughs> <laughs> you'll come to Boys to Men Mentoring. 
and uh, we're in various cities all over the country. Nice, thank you. Okay, Ashanti. Uh, for MDI, you can go to mentordiscoverinspire.org to learn about areas that, um, circles that may be in your area. Um, for the Ever Forward Club, you can find us on social media at Ever Forward Club. And our work, the, the, the offering that I share with people around the world is this concept of the mask and what we let the world see and what we don't let the world see. So if you want to share your mask anonymously, you can go to 100kmasks.com. That's 100, the letter K, masks.com. You can share your front of the mask, back of the mask anonymously and be a part of this movement of helping people around the world realize um, they're not alone. And, and the million mask movement is not just for men, it's for, for everyone. So uh, that's how, we, uh, how we're doing this work right now. So thank you. Nice. Beautiful. And Brian? East Bay Circle of Men can be found at eastbaycircleofmen.org. And uh, like John said, we invite you to, to come to a meeting and see what it's like to, to stand out in a circle and be heard and get, and get support and get love. And if you really do want to uh, uh, kick your life up to the next notch, uh, consider going through our initiation program, which... Uh, it, it, which has the support of a hundred men behind you to really achieve things in, in your life that you did not think were possible and to learn what it's like to have all those brothers behind you uh, when, when you're taking on something big in your life. And, and that's, that's where the gold is in, in our organization. Is that a weekend, that initiation process? No, it's a couple months. It's a, you know, you declare in, in uh, around this time of year, and then you go through a multi-month process, and then it, it culminates with our fall event in September when you're formally initiated as, as an initiated member of the East Bay Circle of Men. It's not mandatory that you go through it. It's just an optional program. But the program has developed over the years as a program that uh, men identify things that are not working in your life that you want to make a change on. And then during that initiation journey, you work on those things again with the support of a team and you come out the other end, a completely different man than when you started in February. Nice. And Mike Burns. Yeah. I'd like to um, put in a plug for young men's ultimate weekend. Um, it's YM, ymuw.org. Uh, any of anybody who's listening to this, who, ha who has young men in your lives or who don't have young men, but would like to be able to support young men by being a part of the production, um, check it out. I mean, this is, again, this is a, a, a golden area for adult males to really, really give in, in what's, the, what's the most, the most needed, I think, aspect of our society is is the young men and the boys. They're, they're the ones that, who have a future. So ymbw.org, uh, see if you can get your young men, your sons, nephews signed up um, whenever they have it and see if you can volunteer to be part of production. It's, it's, it's incredible. But all of this is incredible. I mean, everything that we're doing, all of these circles, um, yeah. th there's a saying among, I think, all of all of our circles, it's trust the men. And <clears throat> again, for whatever audience is out there, you'll know when you're in a, when you're in 
the company of a man who is doing his work, you will know it. You can feel it. You can see it in his way of being. Um, there's a saying that I learned from one of the trainings was uh, a Ruth um, committed witness. Be a committed witness. Or when you are in the company of committed witnesses, you raise your game. When I'm with men like this or, or women like initiated women, when I'm around people who know that our purpose is to live at a higher level, um, higher standard in our lives, it, I bring up my game. If I'm around people who, who are asleep and who are unawoke, unaware, uh, <clears throat> I have the opportunity of, of, of um, slipping. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you, Jay, so much for uh, and thank you. this together. Thank you for helping to organize and thank you, men, for your time and for being here. The True Democracy Global podcast mission is to explore topics related to democracy and systems of authority and community that we heard about tonight, communities, as well as the technologies that support them. We cast a wide net to bring in information from a variety of sources with the intention of shedding light in every corner and illuminating a broad and deep understanding of the systems that exist past and present and innately within our beings. With this understanding, we refine our nonprofit mission, which is, supports our vision to build trust, encourage constructive collaboration, and provide an avenue for the authenticity and secure storage of information that we didn't go into tonight here, which is fine. Please visit truedemocracy.global for more information. Blessings, brother. Thank We're you, man. Have a good, happy Friday. Have a good weekend. Thank you all. Thank you, guys. Hope to see you soon. Thanks, everyone. Cool.